And we're back. A oh, weekend recharge. You, you're recharged? No. No, that was a lie. <laughs> that was a bold-faced lie. What up, everybody? Welcome back in to the DNVR Nuggets DMBA show. Do my own air horn. Burr, 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 burr. Let's go. Let's go. I'm Brent Vogt. joined by Harrison Wind. Yes, Harrison, sir. how are we doing? Have you collected yourself from uh, our, our festivities last week? No, absolutely not. Same. Uh, I'm a wreck emotionally and mentally and physically. I can't get out of bed in the morning. No. I just, I don't have anything to live for anymore, I feel like, except for this show. It's yep. the only thing that got me out of bed today. Um, no, man, I'm still drained. I'm absolutely drained. And like, I wouldn't blame Nicole Jokic if he doesn't want to pick up a basketball for four months. Man, that's my big takeaway. <laughs> These guys are insane. You just start yeah. over again. That The athletes, like, you know, Tom Brady and LeBron who would win and then just come back and start over the next Monday. Those guys are insane. There's something very wrong with those people. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's a personality flaw that yeah. they've converted into a, a quality. It's I'm still trying to find my shoes and stuff, dude. I'm a mess. I mean, we had our two co-hosts of this podcast pull out because they're also just dead. They just bailed. They couldn't even hang. I, I don't know when I'm going to recover. Like, to be honest, um, it's not going to be this week, probably. So it's not going to be in time for the drafts. I, I don't say, think. Are you excited? For I was supposed to start my draft prep today. It's two thirty on a Monday. It still hasn't started. Yeah, same here. <laughs> same here. We'll get to it though, for sure. Oh, we will be prepped, um, but I don't know when that process will start. In the meantime, when no rest for the wicked, brother. There's news. Yeah, there are folks on the move. There are tweets happening on the timeline. We'll do a little. ATA here in segment one because the Phoenix Suns, well, they made their move, man. They grabbed Bradley Beal for essentially Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, some second round picks. Uh, Goodwin is in that deal as well, I believe. Uh, I think Isaiah Todd snuck his way in there as a throw in, but the headline is Suns moving on from Chris Paul and they add Washington's Bradley Beal at admittedly minimal cost. When what's your initial? takeaway reaction to the sun's first move here man where do i want to start all right let's start here i i see a lot of people saying the sun's got bradley beal for nothing which i think is partly true because in the end it's going to look like nothing when the wizards send chris paul to the clippers or right. send him somewhere else and landry shaman who really cares the draft picks who really cares um from that perspective, yes, I think they got Bradley Beal at a great cost. Um, that being said, like Chris Paul was pretty valuable to what they did last year. And Suns fans are quick to forget that Den Phoenix thought they found something against Denver in game two when Chris Paul started putting Nicole Jokic in a million pick and rolls. Um, they don't the have formula. anybody to do that anymore. So I think you can say they got him for a really good cost. That being said, man, did the Suns not learn anything from the playoffs? Did they not learn anything from the series that they lost to the Nuggets in six games? They lost because the Nuggets were deeper, they were better defensively, and they just had more options than the Phoenix Suns did, who at the end of the, of the day just really had Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. If they would have learned anything from that series, they would have kind of kept their core as it is, I think, 
gotten better defenders, more versatile defenders, a, a deeper bench, um, but they didn't. And part of me feels bad for Suns fans because it's pretty obvious that Matt Ishbia and Isaiah Thomas, the shadow GM of the Suns, are just kind that. of operating you know, their own little two-man game. So I feel a little bad for the Suns fans because if I was a Phoenix guy, I would be kind of hyped about this move. I'd talk myself into this move. But at the end of the day, I don't think it pushes the needle that much. I don't think it makes the Suns that much better. It definitely feels like doubling down, if not tripling down, yeah. on what they went away from with the Durant trade. For KD, it's like quadrupling down. But my whole thing with the Suns in the Denver matchup is prior to that trade, it felt like both of these teams could score, but one of those teams had a prayer of guarding the other. And after that trade, it felt like the Suns gave up that advantage. And I think this is a double down, if not triple down, on we have guys that can get you two in any way they want at any point. I think you definitely have to admit, as you did up front, in a vacuum, it's a good bit of business. Getting Bradley Beal for that cost, I don't think... I mean, you should be excited about it. Sure. But looking at the Nuggets matchup, I have to say, man, I ha I haven't lost any sleep over it. I know it just <laughs> happened, I guess, but I, I'm... No. I'm I, I, <laughs> you didn't lose any sleep last night. <laughs> I'm just saying, from the Nuggets' perspective, it does seem like going further into a zag if the Nuggets are zigging. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, if you just think back to that series... Remember the math problem? Remember the math no. problem? The good old math problem. Well, Phoenix still has a math problem. <laughs> because, like, yeah, Bradley Beal shoots more threes than Chris than uh, Devin Booker or Kevin Durant, like, especially more than Kevin Durant. I just don't see how another mid-range score-first guy is going to be the thing that puts Phoenix over the top like that that's just not what they needed i can tell you this i don't think the nuggets are scared by this move at all right i don't think they lost any sleep the biggest thing i think that we saw actually in the finals and that made the minnesota series maybe like denver's best test of the playoffs um was because those two teams guarded nicole Jokic the best out of any of the four teams the Nuggets played in the postseason, Minnesota and Miami. And so that, to me, is the formula to contend to push the Nuggets. Like, you are not, I think, going to stop Nikola Jokic, obviously. But if you can make things a little more difficult for him, like Minnesota and Miami did... Um, that, I think, is the best option. And, and I know people are saying, oh, the Suns pushed the Nuggets to six games. Yeah, they pushed the Nuggets to six games with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant having two of like the most unreal historic shooting performances ever in games three and four in Phoenix. And maybe the Nuggets were actually just all sick for those games. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> um, so I, I don't think this helps the Suns defend Nikola Jokic any better than they did before. And now it seems like they might be trading DeAndre Ayton as well. So again, um, I don't think this, this shortens the distance between Phoenix and Denver heading into next season. Um, I think Bradley Bill's a little overrated as well. Um, he got a lot of empty, meaningless buckets in Washington throughout the last, really most of his career. 
And I wonder how that's going to translate into suddenly a pressure pack situation. Um, yeah, I'm not that moved. I'm just not. I wonder about the winning habits or lack thereof. It's a guy who's gotten to do what he's wanted to in Washington for a long time. Yeah. And you get the most out of him by making him a high usage guy. Is he elite off ball? Not necessarily. No. Is he an elite defender? Not necessarily. No. So yeah, the fit is interesting. It does seem like maybe more than any super team we've seen so far, they've really pushed all their chips in on, you know, X amount of these guys that can do it this way. There is something to be said. I wonder too, for once they made the Kevin Durant trade, how quickly and well can they fill out their roster from there? They didn't have a ton of assets anyway, and this was a good deal in a vacuum. So maybe they just felt like they had to do this. But it certainly tightens their window. Bradley Beal set to make $50 million next year. Harrison, 53 in 2025-26. Good for him. And then a nice little player option in 2026-27, 57 plus mil i think yeah, he's gonna take yeah. that yeah. I, I think he'll pick that up probably can you imagine having the option just the option would you like 57 <laughs> more million dollars your choice yeah your call yeah yeah i'm with you man i'm with you so we'll see but it does seem like there's a lot of new owner slash shadow gming happening well, in phoenix i think that might be actually the biggest story here like the biggest part of this story uh, did you see the chris paul new york times interview that dropped like a couple hours ago so he didn't know right he went on Good Morning America, then did like a whole media tour in New York today, apparently. Apparently, he didn't know and found out on his plane ride to New York. Culture. And what he <laughs> and what he said was, the, like the standout quote from this interview was, I guess Matt and Isaiah wanted to go a different direction. That's not a just like, oh, nonchalant name drop no, from Chris no, no. Paul. No. That is very purposeful. That's an axe toss. And it is so obvious to me that Matt Ishbia and Isaiah Thomas are running the Phoenix Suns just by themselves in an office, maybe a little bigger than this one. You know, just probably kinda, bigger. Yeah, probably just a little bigger, but doing their thing, not really talking to anybody else, just kind of making moves, picking each other's brains, just operating um together and that would be terrifying for me as a Suns fan even though i'm not but i know people who are our friends down at phnx and I'd we're be, hugely sympathetic to the cause i actually kind of am a little at bit. this point like, I'm sorry, I, I would be pretty terrified if i was them about this and so you've got that aspect and then you've got the Suns ceo <laughs> who is the son <laughs> of bradley beal's agent who also represents the president of basketball operations in Washington, Michael Winger. Nice little Father's Day present tracing the for uh, Marky Bartlestein there. Mark Bartlestein, Getting your by the client way. to Phoenix yeah. for pennies on the dollar. <laughs> by the way, Mark Bartlestein Where he wanted to go. is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, man. I mean, I was ready to anoint him after the Mason Plumley contract a couple summers ago. I was looking. I actually went through it yesterday. Because he, he's earned Mason Plumley roughly $70 million in his career. Yeah. 60 of it came from two contracts. He wasn't starting. Um, and, then, and then Bradley Beal's no trade clause on a max contract. Bartlestein is a wizard. So I, I hope you enjoy the boat, Mark. Um, but yeah, it does yeah, seem like... He, he owns that wizard's front office. Oh, my God. He and went that in there wizard's and just, organization. He's like, here's what's happening. But yeah. it's crazy. I do think the... 
Man, when, when Ishbia sat down courtside next to Isaiah and then did the ball thing, like there's a lot of, how do I want to say it? Wolves ownership group energy. Like some new it's just, excited. Yeah. It's like the newest owner energy ever. We always talk about new owner energy. This is the most extreme example we've seen of it in a while. Totally. Speaking of other moves, Harrison, the landscape around the NBA, the powerscape is subject to change right now. And perhaps things are changing by the bay. Draymond Green is going to opt out here. And uh, he's going to still negotiate with Golden State. A return is not off the table. Per Woj, Golden State feels like they can get a deal done. But Draymond is going to consider all options. He's turning down that option. Just immediate takeaways there. Is there any way you're wor- anywhere you're worried about him going? Draymond, potential free, or I guess free agent here now. Um, I mean, you've always been thinking about Draymond with the Lakers for the last year or so ever since he signed with clutch and has been just like bowing down to LeBron at every single moment. (laughs) You kind of always linked him to the Lakers since then. Um, I mean, look, dude, Golden State, who knows? Bob Myers is gone. He, He was kind of the glue that was holding that organization together and had held that organization together throughout the dynasty that they went through. I think all options are on the table. Yeah. For the Warriors, man. I really do. Um, like they got Mike Dunleavy in there right now. The easiest thing for him to do would just be, you know, play the continuity card. Right. But, you know, who knows if if, if Draymond is in on that, if he wants to secure some long term money. Um I don't know. Like I would not be surprised if he left because I've just learned to not be surprised by those types of things sure. in situations similar to these. Um, but the Lakers seem like they could be a possibility. Um, you know, Portland always has seemed like a, a logical Draymond Green fit. I wonder if Miami sneaks in Miami, there you know, just, just put together the classic list of right. teams. Right. The Clippers, the Nets, the Heat. Uh, but I think my overarching thought is I would not be surprised if he left. I'm with you. And let's put a pin in the Portland part of this because everyone's favorite offseason storyline is back. It's back center stage again. Oh, Damian yes. Lillard. But that's on the other side, Harrison, of our first break. Guys, check out FOCO, the leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. And now they have Nuggets Championship gear in the FOCO store. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. But now with this championship, they've re-upped. They've gotten some new items in special championship edition stuff at FOCO. So go to uh, the FOCO website, use the code DNVR for 10% off all non-presale items. Use the promo code DNVR for 10% off all non-presale items at FOCO. FOCO always has our back for Colorado sports. They have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description or you can um, see see it right on the screen right there. For all non-presale items, use the promo code DNVR for 10% off. Um, Also at Manscaped, can't get that Father's Day gift anymore, unfortunately. Had to get that by yesterday. You missed your chance for that interaction. (laughs) Um, But... You know, there is a lot of 
know, great opportunities to get set up with Manscaped over the course of the summer. Fourth of July is almost here. The summer heat is almost here. You've got to get the Performance Package 4.0. Inside the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped, you'll get the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear Nose Hair Trimmer. That's my favorite. The Crop Preserver, the Crop Reviver, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold everything together. <laughs> um, the Lawnmower 4.0, the best of its kind. The fourth generational trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. It's waterproof, 400K LED spotlight. Again, the best uh, of its kind. The, you get the crop preserver, the crop reviver, the anti-chafing boxers and shed travel bag as well. Um, go to manscaped.com, use the code DNVR, get 20% off with tr free shipping. Again, you got to use the code DNVR, 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. And we're back in the beautiful and revamped Studio B, by the way. I didn't give it I like proper... it in here. Uh, it's a little hot, but other than that... I'm cold in this seat. We should trade. Really? Yeah, there's a vent You might right have there. the vent coming right down on you. Yeah, we redid it, though. I like it, though. It's a good space for the little two-man game. I don't know, man. Sometimes Studio A gets a little big for me. I get, like, all... For just two people, you know? Yeah. This is more, it's more intimate wind. Yeah. All right. Let's keep going with, well, around the association. Damian Lillard, we'll start with the Chris Haynes tweet there if you have it, Harrison. I mean, excuse me, Kale. I know who you guys are. Miami's focus is Portland superstar Damian Lillard with the genuine belief this could be the offseason. The veteran guard seeks a change of scenery. League sources tell NBA on TNT. Now, this, of course, is a germane report because the league sources here are Chris Haynes. He is he is Damian Lillard's media right. guy. So we know where that's coming from. Uh, so could Dame actually leave Kale? Nope. No, let's jump to the next tweet right away. Uh, Damian Lillard wants to remain in Portland. Per Shams. He wants to be there and he wants that team to get better. Harrison, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> Pick one. Stop. That's my takeaway. I think he's going to get traded on draft night. Oh, wow. I think he's going to get traded to my, the Miami Heat on draft night. I think it's going to happen. And I think the Miami Heat, I know that the Chris Haynes report, obviously, like we think that's coming from Dame Lillard's camp, but there's been some other stuff out there with Miami. Yeah. I think Miami is trying to speak this into existence. And the funny thing is that actually works in the NBA. You can put stuff out there and get the conversation going and get the narrative to right. shift. And you actually can speak stuff like this into existence in the NBA. Obviously, Dame Lillard is cool with Miami. He said he's cool with Brooklyn as well. But I just think this is the time when it gets done, especially if the Blazers use that number three pick on a Brandon Miller on a Scoot Henderson. Right. I mean, what's Lillard thinking at that point? Like, we're going to suck again next year. So right. what, are, what are we really doing here? Um I just think it gets done. I, I think this is the perfect opportunity. Miami is there. He's a great fit in that roster. I think it gets done. It'd be interesting to see what the timeline is. You know, does a Draymond move, right? Or as you just said, talks of planting those seeds in the conversational air. Does that keep him around, right? That kind of a player versus... 
if they just decide to go into this draft and make a pick, like you said, at some point, he wouldn't really be running. He would just be doing what's best for him. Can he still change the landscape of the NBA? In your opinion, is there a place he can go? In the Eastern Conference? Ooh. Sure. <laughs> God, you're so good. <laughs> you're so good. Miami, I think, I mean, Miami's probably substantially better with Damian Lillard. Oh, right? yeah, man. I mean, the Heat are, they just made the finals. They've shown they have that in them. Dame, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. Of course, that's a that's a top tier Eastern Conference team, right? You know, I think that's regular season wise. <laughs> I'm, I'm being genuine. No, here. no, I'm being serious. Um, I don't know if I'd put them in the Milwaukee tier, um, but I'd probably put them in that next tier. Yeah, top of that next tier, maybe borderline Milwaukee tier. Why not put them in the Milwaukee tier? I mean, they did just beat, and Milwaukee. they were just the eight seed this season. Yeah. So, so why not? Yeah, I, that's I do. I do think it could change the East substantially, which does not have to be our problem until we cross that bridge. Speaking of crossing bridges, let's move on from around the association to what so many of you came here for: mailbag time, baby. Let's answer some questions live on the DNBA show. Jokic Fever Dream, also known as at Map Time Arcada. Who is the next Bruce Brown? Could it just be Bruce Brown, Harrison? <laughs> uh, I mean, I said after the parade that, you know, him going out on the stage and asking the crowd one more question, what about one more year? That was really the first time where I thought there could be some actual juice here. There could be the possibility of him coming back. Right. Um, I guess we could just get to the Bruce Brown whole conversation here. I was actually looking at the teams with projected cap space, the most projected cap space. It's like Houston and Detroit. Hmm. Tried, he's tried Detroit already. <laughs> so what Bruce Brown is going to really have to decide here is if he wants to secure the bag with a terrible team who's not going to be winning a lot of games next season, or does he want to come back to the Nuggets and run it back and potentially oh. go back to back? Um, now, like if I was him, I'd probably take the bag. And if most NBA players were him, they'd probably take the bag. Wouldn't blame him one bit. Of, it's the right decision. It honestly. is actually. It like is the I'd, right I'd kind of be thinking he's making a bad decision if he comes back to Denver just for himself financially, obviously, and for his future. But Bruce Brown is such a competitive dude that I wonder if he's thinking, man, do I really want to go to Houston? <laughs> Right. <laughs> Do I want to play with D-line's favorite player in the league, Jalen Green, next year? Um, or should I just run it back and then, you know, see what offers are out there next summer? You know? Because is it really betting on yourself if you're just betting on Jokic again? <laughs> just no. going to bet on Jokic to make me look pretty dope. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pretty dope. Yeah. So I do think just the teams that can offer him the bag that are out there and how bad they are could be a factor in this. You know, it really could be. That's interesting. Yeah, just to set the stage, in case you're somehow not aware, Bruce looking at a player option, six mil, 6.8 roughly, and change is what he's be looking at. So versus one of these worst teams that could really throw a bag at him and Denver with where they're at in their cap sheet can't. So... It is that decision. It is that black and white. And you know? he has to make that decision, I believe, by Wednesday, the 21st. It's crazy that... Day before the draft. I'm, I'm so Two glad, days away. So glad that the starters are all locked up because it's it's crazy that we're already facing such a consequential decision right. after that. You, know? you really don't get a lot of time to celebrate. The rest of the league is working. 
Yeah, but um, to the question, next Bruce Brown, if he does leave, do you have any candidates? I mean, can you just teach Christian Brown to play point guard? How hard could it be? <laughs> I've got one candidate that is kind of high on my list right now. Yeah. If you actually look, there aren't that many um, guards, right. free agent-wise. It's a really weak guard class, but there is one guy who initially stands out to me as a potential Bruce Brown replacement, and that is... Nikhil Alexander Walker. Mm. He's a free agent. Is he? I got to say, man, I was really impressed by him on the court, talking to him off the court in that series. I think he is just one of those. I think he's got a lot of Christian Brown in him, and he just really wants to be good Mm -hmm. in the way you ask him to be good, and he's focused on getting better. But to me, um, he's more of the point guard than Christian Brown. Like of I, course, I, yeah. I don't know if it's realistic. I don't think it's realistic to no. um, ask Christian Brown to play point guard in that Bruce Brown role. Nikhil Alexander-Walker is at the top of my list as of right now. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll know in two days. I mean, I do expect Bruce Brown to decline. And then right. Right. if he does come back, he will re-sign for as much as the Nuggets can give him. Um, so I do expect him to totally decline the player option. That should be expected. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Nikhil Alexander Walker, about 6'6", 205 pounds. Doesn't shoot the ball really well, but we know what he can do defensively. We saw it in these playoffs. So that's an interesting option. Kill, what else do we have question-wise? What was your favorite neg- uh, negative Nuggets perspective that was disproven during this year so old negative perspectives or narratives that were disproved i love this question i went right away with for me this notion that they're soft Mm -hmm. this notion that they're who you want to play in the playoffs when things change get that out of here man and i think we long suspected that any team that can do back-to-back 3-1 comebacks we've watched that team play so well whether it's on the road or in these back-to-back scenarios we knew they had fight but before that Clippers series in 2020 started, it was these guys are soft. And I think they've spent, they've taken every opportunity they can since then to show the league that that's just not the case. My favorite narrative. Um, man, there are so many. There are so many. Um, Murray doesn't make a difference. If only Jamal was healthy is just an easy one. Yeah, if only Jamal was healthy. Jokic, a playoff dropper, which I don't even know if that was really it. But um, I, I would say that it's just maybe my favorite one is that like Jamal Murray now is regarded as like a top twenty-five player, right? And that is that is so awesome. Like immediately after the championship, I probably felt the best for Jamal Murray just because his first year back after the ACL kind of the road that he took from game one to where he finished the season and playoffs at um, his rise and everybody coming around to the fact that what he did in the bubble was absolutely real. Right. And he's just has that it factor about him in the playoffs and is now an all time playoff performer. I'll all take time. that. The career leader in in points per game jump from That's regular crazy. season to to playoffs. Number two is Jokic. What a world. What a treat. Let's do one more before our next break, Kel. Michael Shields, 
got a short offseason, international play. There's chip winning experience, developing CB and PWAT. Will any of these things and how will they affect the team and how they approach their 82 game season? Well, it's a short offseason and it might be even shorter for Nikola Jokic. Yeah. I mean, I kind of hope he plays in the World Cup, Me too. to be honest. Me too. Hopefully he can lead Serbia to the gold. Be cool if Jamal played in the World Cup as well. I feel kind of less encouraged about that or less likely that will happen. Um, but I mean, next regular season, man, it's going to be um, legendary. The best and the worst thing of all time. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, the lowest moments of like Nicole Jokic and the Nuggets that you saw this past regular season, you're going to see again next year. And I mean, I can't blame them. It's going to be really tough, I think. It, it is really tough for any team coming off a championship to refocus and just put the pedal to the floor for the grind of the regular season again. It's coming off a finals trip. Malone's screaming at you to rotate harder. Yeah, it's October, like, bro, you're like, I don't know, man. We, sh- we showed we can flip the switch, man. You're like, Yoke's not even running. <laughs> yeah. So. Just all the narratives on Yoke, it just come back. Come during right that back. Well, I can't oh. really defend the pick and roll. Adam's, all, you're in Adam's elite defender tweets are going to get roasted. <laughs> but As, um, I think that's just what's going to happen. Me too. Um, I would prepare for a somewhat different season. Yeah. But there should be a lot of playing time for Peyton Watson. It should be a lot of playing time for Christian Brown, obviously. I mean, naturally, you kind of expect Christian Brown to go into more of the Bruce Brown role. You expect Peyton Watson to ascend into the role Christian Brown played this year. Right. And, um, yeah. I, I'm, That'll be, I think, the biggest story next season. Like, is Peyton Watson a guy? I'm curious, too, because I do think home court advantage was essential to their run. I really do. Having said that, do you walk away from that thinking, man, we were so much better than the West? Is there more utility in getting those guys up to speed, seeing if there's more you can get out of Mike down the line, down the line? So some interesting philosophical discussions coming up. All right, let's hit this break wind, and then we'll uh, we'll finish this this mailbag and get out of here. Illegal Pete's, this episode of the DNVR Nuggets podcast brought to you by Illegal Pete's. It's your go-to spot this summer. Uh, you're ready for the longest happy hour around 3 to 8 p.m. every single day at all 12 Illegal Pete's locations. Um, it's the longest happy hour around. Post up there, grab a burrito, quesadilla, a bowl, nachos, whatever you want. It was Legal popping Pete's. on parade day, dude. Oh, it was like best. just people going in and out on their way to the bar, just hanging out <laughs> for a big patio party. Yeah, we got an illegal pizza location just down the street here on Colfax, just blocks from the DNVR bar. Uh, so stop in, pick up some food, then just chill on the patio 3 to 8 p.m. every single day. That is their happy hour at all 12 illegal pizza locations. Uh, wear your Nuggets gear into any Illegal Pete's location. Grab a house mark or draft beer for free with the purchase of an adult entree. So uh, wear your Nuggets gear, wear your DNVR gear into any Illegal Pete's location. Get a free house mark or draft beer when you purchase an adult entree. Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. This is the perfect beer for summer. The Mountain Beach Sour, one of my favorites. We've 
got it maybe i think at the bar uh but you can get it at your local liquor store at your local grocery store uh if you don't know where to get breck brew check out the breck brew beer locator type in your zip code that will show you where to get breckenridge brewery beer no matter where you are and uh, the mountain beach sour just a perfect beer for the summer glad we're talking about it now because now it officially feels like summer. oh yeah the national media is gone the beautiful weather has returned to colorado and sit at a park sit on a patio sit on sit out in your backyard enjoy a mountain beach sour from breckenridge brewery the official beer of dnvr and we're back I almost forgot how the show works. All right. Hanging out with Harrison Wynn, super producer Kale on a Monday. By the way, guys, just in case you forgot, one week ago, the Denver Nuggets took the final step and secured their first Denver NBA championship. It's been a week already. It's hard to believe. You know what I don't like about the NBA? We don't talk about the team that wins the championship enough. I know. You go right into the next shit. (laughs) Like... The Nuggets just won the championship. It's like, oh, you talk about it for like a couple of days. They were pretty good, weren't they? The championship is the ultimate goal. It's, so it, it's what you do everything for. It's what you play the regular season for. It's what you make all these trades and roster acquisitions that we're now talking about for. I feel like you should just have to block off the next two weeks. Only championship talk. It's the only thing anybody can talk about is the championship two weeks after it happens. I like it. I agree with you. And, and the whole, by the way, the Nuggets coverage this postseason was halfway through. It was just, well, they're going to win. So we'll talk, <laughs> talk about everyone else. Dude, one of the post-game pods from Brian Windhorst and the Hoop Collective. And I, I love Brian Windhorst. Like, I think he's incredible. He's I, on a heater right now. I think now. the Hoop Collective usually is a very good podcast. But... They had a post-game podcast that was like five minutes long after one game. <laughs> it's five. They can only get five minutes. Uh, five minutes it takes. I'm I'm sitting there sweating out every possession. The national media is like, well, this shit's over. <laughs> well, the weather sucks here. The airport's yeah. far away from the city. The security lines suck. Um, the weather's not go even home. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no places are open after the game. Like, What's the what's the next question we have here, Kev? We have another read, right? At some point. Yeah. It's one more. So cool. Jackson Scott Moe. Jackson, what's the type of player the Denver Nuggets should be targeting in the draft? I like this question. I know your <laughs> I know your draft coverage is pretty much done already. Oh, it's uh on the final step. You know, yeah. Just almost wrapped up. Uh I would just be looking for the next Kristen Brown. <laughs> it's true though. Uh, maybe not the exact position that Christian Brown plays, but a prospect like Christian Brown that has plus size and strength is an above average defender and comes from a winning program. Mm. If you can filter those things into your draft search, you can maybe find the next Nuggets draft pick. And they're picking, is it, it's 40, right? 37, 37 40, right? 40. So... This is kind of where I like the... There is value here if you can find the Montes, you know? And I think Denver needed a Monte type when they drafted him real late back in the day. And obviously, much easier said than done. Just go find the next guy with the best assist-to-turnover ratio in college basketball history. But I do think there are some two, three, four-year guys 
that are trustworthy backups that that slide because yeah. the ceiling isn't high. And Denver does have to think about that backup point guard position. I think talent-wise, they're fine. But who is going to play point guard, especially if Bruce Brown does, in fact, walk? So, you Could know, that, Colin Gillespie be that guy? Could he be? I don't know. I don't know. We're going to find out soon, man. A little summer league appearance should be good yeah. for him. I, I mean, I, I don't think you want to go into next year thinking he's that no, guy. no, no. He's the he's the break glass in case of emergency. Yeah, he's, he's your ish Smith next year. There it is. I agree that you want to find a a Monte if you can. So that or just another body to play defense, man. Like you said, I think he's got to fill in the margins. The, the mm-hmm. core is there. Yeah. All right, but yeah, that's the type of prospect I'd look for. Christian, guy who checks those Christian boxes. Brown. Find another Christian Brown. Nugs and hugs, stakes aside, what was your guys' favorite game to watch of this postseason run? Hmm. I thought this was a good question. Hmm. I have my answer. What's your answer? Game three of the Western Conference Finals when they beat the Lakers. And it was... I think everyone was about 90% there, but in my opinion, the bar crowd, the city vibe, that's when things went up to about 99%. Oh, it's different. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're going to win. And because the Lakers, if this was fate, if this was nuggets against fate, like it's been since the dawn of time, the dawn of nuggets time, then they lose, right? And they lose that game three. And especially, I believe that's one of the games when Yoke had some BS foul trouble. And <laughs> Denver stayed afloat with him off the floor. And, and that's when it became clear to me that this team is different. And you kind of watch Denver, the city of Denver, realize that they weren't prisoners of fate anymore. It was just so cool. Yeah. Game two of Phoenix sticks out to me. Game two of the Sun Series. And if you remember, they... Blew out the Suns pretty easily in game one. Game two was a lot closer at home. Jokic had 39. They won 97-87. But um, I had a, a Nuggets front office person say to me after that game, I thought we could win the championship after we won game one. Um, like, I know we can win the championship after we won game two. I because, like, game two was just the type of drag out tough bucket game that we saw happen in the finals and they did that in that game two against the suns when they won a game where they didn't shoot the best um where they just had to rely on their defense and just kind of grind their teeth and play physical and um that game i think for a lot of people convinced them that this team could definitely win the championship i love it i love it another one was game six in that series because just to see them do it on the road. And then it got, it was basically that Dallas game again Mm -hmm. at halftime. And you're like, Oh man, they're on the right side of this. And honestly, the whole thing in hindsight, you're so tight and nervous and working for a lot of it, but yeah, it was, they faced such minimal resistance, man. And whenever they did, they responded. It was so, so dope. Mm -hmm. What else do we got here? Kill. Pastor Rhett. Living his best nug life. What are the positive signs of growth we should be looking for when we watch guys like Peyton Watson and Colin Gillespie in Vegas? I can't wait. Um, well, Peyton Watson, I think you want to look at his shot. You know, how does his shot look? Um, 
just how does his all around offensive game look? Just does he look does he look like a second year player at summer league? Mm. Because that's one thing you can always look at when you watch these games. You can tell who the guys are there that played in the league last year and have now are and are now going into their second summer leagues. Like Peyton Watson should look like one of the best players in Vegas right. next year. That's it. He he should be very, very good. I mean, he he should dominate, to be honest. And he had some moments, some real highlights with the gold, and then he gets the experience of seeing this, of being on the floor for some of those late games. I agree with you. Well, as an NBA prospect, it's really still all about defense for me with him. Yeah. As a summer league guy, you'd like to see him get some buckets at his will, at his command there. Yeah. With Colin, you know... I think you want to see a lot of the things you saw from Monte Morris at Summer mm, League. Love that. Just running his team, low turnovers, even though a lot of turnovers at Summer League aren't the point guard's fault. That's true. Um, just kind of setting his guys up, running the offense, having a command of his his group out there, which I, I think he will. The other thing for Colin is I would like, I feel like he obviously knows how to play the point guard position so well at such a high level. But I did think he struggled to just turn the corner on guys at summer league. You know, oh, it's time to score. Mm -hmm. It didn't seem like he had any bag. And I didn't expect one. But even if he is going to make just that third tier kind of Ish Smith level, I think you have to be able for five minutes at a time to get a couple buckets here and there too. So that would probably be it for me with him. And then Christian won't play, right? I don't think so. He shouldn't have to. I don't think that's needed. He did just win a title in the rotation. Yeah, so. I, I don't think you need Christian Brown at Summer League. Cool. Let's do one more. We'll hit our last read, and then we'll finish these up. Kale, if you got it, let's hit it. Michael Talley, what potential offseason moves could another contender make that would scare you in terms of the Nuggets' title chances next year? Parentheses, Beal does not scare me. Hmm. Hmm. Well, can we start with this? Who right now is the biggest threat to the Nuggets in the West? I would say Phoenix one still. Phoenix, just like last year. Who's two? Lakers. I know, right? It's possible. The Lakers. Is there a reset for the Lakers? Can the Lakers get better? Does Chris Paul make the Lakers better? Sure. Chris Paul was good last year. I mean, people people are acting like Chris Paul was nothing. I mean, he was pretty good last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Chris Paul makes the Lakers better. Um, the Suns, I, I agree, are definitely the favorite or, or the, the biggest threat to the Nuggets right now. I mean, you just think of the other superstars that could potentially be on the move. Carl Towns, him getting traded would not surprise me. Right. Um, over the next couple of weeks. Lillard seems like he's heading east if he goes anywhere. Um, Draymond Green isn't going to move the needle for any of those teams, I think, past a Phoenix. Um, the Thunder, they're too young. Everybody's always in my mentions about the Thunder. I know. That's like they're four. Watch out for the Thunder. I'm like, yeah. yeah okay, man. If you're, the, okay. if you're the Wolves. But yeah, I'm with you. Chill. It's a little bit behind Denver's timeline. Chill. Obviously, they're well set up for the future, of oh, course. Oh, for sure. But, but slow your roll a little. I do wonder what the Timberwolves do here. I've texted Tim a ton of advice. He doesn't answer. <laughs> but 
but I do wonder. What's the advice you've texted him? <laughs> Make a trade. I think we can all guess what the trade is. Uh, somebody in the comments says Draymond Green to Dallas. That makes sense to me as well. Again, I don't think that's a move that pushes them even close to Phoenix. You know, D- Dallas didn't even make the playoffs last year. They didn't even make the play-in. They got a long ways to go. So um, I know I'm I think just they're not gonna, gonna need a little more than Draymond Green. And Draymond Green outside of Golden State, I don't think is gonna be close to the player and close to the weapon he is for the Warriors. Like not even close. So I it's Phoenix, and then I it's a big drop off, I think. I wonder about the Kings. I wonder about the Kings turning a corner just from experience alone, but yeah, off-season stuff, I would still say that the Lakers can stand to get better. And then the Suns, you still got to watch if and what they do with Aiton. Right. Probably more and, and they'll get, you know, some minimum guys to come and join, you know, and, and try to win a championship there. Um, But yeah, we'll see. We shall see. Let's hit this last break, finish up this mailbag. Shady Rays, guys, it is now officially summer, as we mentioned. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays, they've got you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays, they're an independent sunglass company offering a world-class product that's just as good as any of the expensive pairs that you've worn. They've got durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. If you go to ShadyRays.com, scroll their website, I mean, they have tons of different styles. Just scroll and scroll and scroll. They got a style for everybody. I guarantee that. Uh, any occasion that you want, Shady Rays has got you covered. Uh, go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by 250,000 people. ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Did you see Jokic make it back in time for the race? Did you see the footage? Yeah. <laughs> D-Line had a tweet. It's really funny, man. And it's funnier because we've seen it. We know what it's like. They're yeah. showing the stands, and Jokic is there, and he's this tier one celebrity. Yeah. Real Kentucky Derby vibes. They pan to the track, not the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> Dude, those trotters, man. <laughs> so I actually was... I was... Um, I knew the answer to this before I tried to do it, but DraftKings Sportsbook has like a horse racing app. Of course, the Sombor track is not featured on there as one of the tracks you can bet on, unfortunately. Unreal. Unreal. Yeah. But I was thinking like there's no way because those races have to be so fixed where they're impossible to bet on. (laughs) That's probably true. That's my take. That's probably true. Those races are just so fixed. That's my take on the Sombor <laughs> horse track. There's no way those races are legit. Uh, so true. <laughs> I love it, man. He looked so happy. I, it's just so funny that, you know, the uniqueness of Jokic, many have tried, and I think at this point it can be overstated. But that's what he was so excited to get back for. I know, man. That's what he couldn't wait. Just he almost skipped in, a parade. Sitting in those stands. Th- those stands aren't like luxury we <laughs> we were at that horse track no they're not i don't even think there are backs to them i think it's just a bench like a cement bench that's what he couldn't wait to sit on oh man it's hilarious by the way serbia we've been there we love it we love it 
which just it's just a hilarious. Jokic is not like it's the best man. He's not like anyone it's else. It's the best. RG posted the picture in our Slack of Jokic walking with the dogs. Oh my god, those dogs hated Kale. Those dogs chased the fuck out of Those me. dogs wanted <laughs> Kale's ankles, bro. Yeah. No, it's cool though. Like we see the track, we see the horse stable. It's like, oh yeah, we were we were there. We know <laughs> we we know what it means to the big fella. Yeah. I love the logo too, the Nike logo. Yeah. Ain't no joke. I can't believe the glow up. All right, let's hit a couple more questions, and we can all go home. Kale, what do we got? Jackson, way fourth at Jackson Way. What are the chances we trade into the first round? Now, Calvin will tell you it basically took a straight jacket to restrain him from trading up in last year's draft just to take the same guy he got. He'll tell you that himself. Yeah. And is, is he feeling, is there an itchy trigger finger here? Maybe. Hmm. Maybe there will be. I just think you have to think about it from this perspective. To take two guys at 37 and 40, I mean, that's pretty much two more Peyton Watsons that you're adding to this contending roster next season. Two guys that likely aren't going to play really at all. Like at most, they'll probably play, you know, like what Peyton Watson did. And it's like... Do you want to carry that on this roster? Do you have the roster space to carry those guys? Do you want you know them to just be in the G League all season? So I, I think the best option would be to to package those for for one guy. And man, thirty seven and forty. Can you get to thirty? Can you get to the first round? I think you could get there. Um, but so that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm keeping my eye on. Yeah. On draft night. Yeah, I like that. And then, you know, the bigger gamble, you could argue, for this year's draft, was made last year. And that's kind of what the Peyton Watson thing was. Yeah, They took him so late, hoping that this is a guy who, in this draft, would go maybe top 20, and they already have him. So I think Calvin's looking at it that way. But you're right. There's probably more value at this point than just trying to convert those into one higher pick. Not that I didn't love... Like an, another Thomas Welsh wouldn't hurt, you know, wouldn't break my heart, but we'll see what they do. Yeah. What else do we got, Gil? We possibly might have answered this one already in yeah, a way. Kind of, so. oh. oh, show us your messages, bro. <laughs> show us those DMs. Oh, yeah, we already hit this one kind of. Who do you think we could sign as a backup point guard where we just have Reggie and Ish back? But the second half of that, Reggie and Ish, could either of those guys fit into the future? So I think the Nuggets would love to have all three of the vets back. Mm. Ish, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan. I mean, why wouldn't you want those guys back? I, I think it'd be a home run to get all three back. And I know Jeff Green has said, I think it was in an interview with the Gazette, that he wants to spend the rest of his career here. I think the Nuggets would, would love that. Right. I don't see why you would push him out. Um, Ish, DJ, yeah, why not? I, I would love to have all three of those guys back. I think the Nuggets would also. Um, Reggie, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure about Reggie. Yeah, Reggie, I don't know if you want Reggie back. It's just not the same thing. He just wasn't here long enough to have the same relationship and impact on the org that those those three guys did for these yeah. young guys. And I, I'm sure... You know, we talked about the potential growth and the young dudes. I'm sure they would all love to see their vets come back. So Yeah. I mean, those three vets are so good, man. Like, they're so good for the locker room. And, like, Jeff Green can can play, too, on the bench, as we saw. 
Might um, play too much. That would be my one concern. Malone's just like, Jeff, do you got 20 in you tonight? He's like, it's February, Yeah, coach. maybe we can dial the, the regular season yeah. Jeff Green back a little little next year. Yeah. Any any final thoughts here before we head up? We have one super chat. Let's hit it. Drunk philosophy. Do you think Gillespie can run the second unit? Now oh, we hit on that a bit. Yeah, well. I think we're still a little early. We don't, I mean, we got to see what he can do, you know, just in some minutes first before we can make that claim. Um, yeah, I'm excited no to see him in summer league, though. I think that's going to be a great little bit of insight into where he's at than the preseason. And, you know, I, I think him as a third point guard is is OK next year. So, um. Yeah, but can he run the backup unit or the second unit? Not yet. I think that's a little premature. I'll end with this. We saw some movement today on a scale of 1 to 10. How worried are you already about chances of a repeat? Bring on the dynasty, baby. Dynasty loading. (laughs) It's loading. I love it. I love that the Suns double down, man. And, And I also love how when that news broke yesterday... It was unanimous across Nuggets Twitter, right. Nuggets Nation. Nobody was moved. Nobody no was concerned. Not a single person. <laughs> there were a lot of tweets from We Phoenix. were in lockstep. <laughs> yeah, totally. They're like, oh, man, poor Nuggets fans. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> immediately, everybody's just posting their picture of, like, Jokic with Larry O'Brien. Right. Nobody was moved. And, you know... That's how it should be, man. Oh. After a dominant run like that, 16 and 4, tied for the second best mark in the playoffs since 2003, that's how you should feel. It's so different looking down at all this movement from the top. Exactly. It's so different, man. Yeah. Yeah. Soak it in. Enjoy it. It's still the summer. <laughs> and like Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal, good player, fringe all-star. I don't think he'll make the all-star team next season in the West. But he is a good player who they got on a great price, at a great price. Right. But it was the total wrong move from them, executed by an owner who's a bit of a wild boy and a former <laughs> Hall of, and a Hall of Fame point guard, Isaiah Thomas, who is one of the worst GMs the NBA oh, has ever gonna seen. he's going to sink him, man. He's going to sink him. What a treat. That seems like a good note to end on. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, make sure you check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star review. Leave some positive words. It means a lot to us. goes a long way. If you're seeing this on YouTube, drop us a like. Subscribe to the channel. That's Harrison Wind. I'm Brennan Vogt. We'll talk to you about the Nuggets 